welcome to Harmony Talk, a podcast about dreamers and doers. Join our conversations with people from all walks of life, inventors and authors, artists and entrepreneurs, people who have followed through on their dreams and want to talk about it to us. I am your host, Lisa Champeau. Today, we're speaking with members of a band that will open the season of live concerts at our sister project. It's called Harmony in the Woods. Please welcome the Gold Magnolias. Would each of you be so kind as to introduce yourselves and tell us what roles you play in the band? Hey, I'm Hudson. I play guitar and uh, sing. Uh, my name is Evan, and I play keys, guitar, and I also sing. And my name is Ryan. I play saxophone and moral support. There are moral support. There are two people missing from this podcast. Who are the other two members of your band? Sure. So Daniel Foose on bass and Jeff Barton on drums. Tell me a little bit about your music. I guess you call it funk music, kind of Southern soul with little R&B and jazz mixed in. It's been said that you have evoked James Brown and even Nathan Rateliff at times. So tell me a little bit about your music. We're all from the South. We've met up here in New York City and we all kind of had a love for soul music and for R&B and, and blues. That was kind of the bond. I've also known Daniel since we were kids. You know, we grew up playing music together. So yeah, it was just kind of a family and, and we all connected up here over the music and I've been doing it for 11 years now. So you actually connected in New York City? Yeah, more or less. Some of us knew each other from other places, but yeah, this is kind of what brought us all together. I followed a little bit on some of your uh, electronic information online and said you came to Brooklyn, you met a guy named Mr. Jimmy, and things kind of cooked after that. Yeah, Mr. Jimmy. So I lived in Austin, and that's where I met Hudson. And then when I came up to New York after four years in Austin, I was told that Hudson also moved to Brooklyn. So I, I contacted Hudson, and we found a place together. And Mr. Jimmy was an older black man from the neighborhood of Bed-Stuy who was kind of the groundskeeper, I guess, for this club called Soul to Soul. It was a predominantly black club, and we met Mr. Jimmy, and Mr. Jimmy kind of gave us our first gig. Well, as you said, you're all from other parts of the country. I think, Ryan, you're from Kansas City, a lot of jazz happening in Kansas City, and Hudson, you're from Austin, and Evan, you're from New Orleans, right? I'm from Louisiana, a little small town in Louisiana, but yeah. Yeah, but all of you are from big music towns, so to speak, or big music areas. Absolutely. So when you got together, what kind of was your dream? What were you looking to do as a band? I mean, obviously make music together, but did you have an idea that you wanted to do funk music in particular? I don't think so, did we? I don't know if it was that. We all play a lot of different styles, you know, in, in different settings. So it was just, I think it was partially the soul to soul, like doing that gig. So that was the, the gig that Jimmy set up for us. We kind of auditioned for him, and then he got us a Tuesday night, every Tuesday night at that club. That was just kind of the music that we landed on that connected with the audience and that connected with us. So that's kind of how that got started. And then we started writing our own original tunes kind of in that same vein. And that's how the Gold Magnolias got started. Well, it's certainly been infused a bit with some New York City vibes, don't you think? I think when we started playing at Soul to Soul in a predominantly black club in Bed-Stuy, you have to uh, play 
some Marvin Gaye and some Otis Redding and Stevie Wonder. And we wanted to prove ourselves, you know, that some of that music is some of my favorite music. But when we wrote our goals down, we're like, all right, where do we want to play? And one of the Lower East Side music clubs was kind of where we wanted to play. And I think that also continued to develop our sound as being a show Lower East Side kind of live band. And how did you survive in the early days? Chicken wings and tequila, I think, was our first form of payment. <laughs> yep. Tequila in the back of the amplifier kind of guy. <laughs> well, you managed to survive, I see. Tequila and chicken wings, pretty good. So you have a song that you put out fairly recently called Brooklyn Streets, which I'd like to listen to a little clip of it. I just love loved it and you all you danced i mean hudson you danced so great in that video that's mainly evan i think yeah <laughs> evan you danced so great in that video <laughs> it's uh wonderful to see brooklyn portrayed that way everybody who's in the video looks really happy to be there and to be playing with you and dancing and singing with you did you know those people some of them yes but some of them no i think that's the energy in brooklyn when you go around with a camera in brooklyn and you have a little speaker, some people just want to be a part of it. Some people don't, but when you get a crew together and you kind of go walk around somewhere and there's a certain energy that that, that evokes. So a lot of that was spontaneous? Yes. Very nice. Do you have some favorite songs that you like to play at every venue? More than favorite song. When you start the set, you're like coming back with old friends and you're starting to kind of gel together. But there's moments during the set, that you're really in sync with one another. And you know the magic is happening. And then you're smiling and making eye contact with everybody on stage. And it feels really, really good. And I think that one of the things, when I first joined the band, we were playing at a jerk chicken joint in Brooklyn, in the back of it, and just playing for the people who were kind of working there. But I immediately is like, this is magical. I lose myself inside of playing with these guys. And so that has never stopped. That is always the case with these guys. So I'm very thankful to be a part of that. But instead of a favorite song, I think it's those moments, I think, for me. Because each song has the potential to create that moment. And this band never fails to bring me there. I think that also translates to the audience. And of course, you're a sax player. You do blend right in. I mean, I watched your videos and you do seem kind of seamless, like you really do pull it off, like it is magic. Do you think of yourselves as a danceable band? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hudson has some wonderful ballads, so does Evan. And there's always poignant moments, but those Lower East Side, like Evan was saying, those gigs we did on the Lower East Side, they kind of form the sound and inform 
the songs and how we would want to play them. Yeah, it's a live dance band. That's the vibe. When they give you a time slot in Lower East Side at 11 p.m., you have to dance around and perform for these people that are just drinking and dancing. You have to keep people dancing. Part of it. Absolutely. Now, who's the main writer for your songs, or do you all write them? Usually it's me or Evan kind of brings the idea, but I feel like we all have creative contributions, you know, and Brian will come up with the cool sax melody or there's a keyboard part. Or we definitely spend time together kind of and through live performance, too. There's a lot of kind of improvised sections and then we'll land on an idea and it's like, oh, let's keep that one around. Yeah, that's kind of how the songs evolve. But usually it starts with either Evan or I bringing something to the table. On our last EP, actually, Daniel Foose, the bass player, wrote a tune, Gumbo, that is kind of a hit. It's a little bit, yeah. It's a little bit of it. And fun to listen to and fun to play. And, you know, the story that he's telling is very connected to his family. And it's a great story and it's fun to dance to. And so we're kind of branching out. We got Daniel writing a little bit and it's kind of fun. So we're branching out. Yeah. Who wrote Southern Man, by the way? That one I wrote. Southern Man. I'd like that song, A Southern Man. Everyone needs one to open your door and hold your hand. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to listen to a clip again right now from that third release, maybe Carly, which I think you produced as a socially distanced video. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> How'd that work with the magic? We had been in the studio, so we cut the tune and then everything shut down. We were planning to release the CP, but we wanted to have some kind of video. We had already done a couple put all the pieces together videos. We decided to do it that way and everybody just shot their own little piece and then kind of spent some time putting all that together and trying to make it into something fun. Well, it's definitely fun and we'll listen to a little clip from that song right now. Speaking of COVID, you survived as a band. Must have been tough. What was that like the past year? For me, I kind of dove into just like recording, just kind of working on new ideas of my own. And we also did a lot of like little cover songs together. But I think, you know, remote recording now, it's here. You know, I mean, we've, we've always been able to remotely record and send it, but I think it just made it more... Uh, vital you needed to play music with your friends and your band so we would send a song to our drummer and send like a scratch acoustic idea and we would play the song to a click and then he would play the drums to a click drum and then we would play to the drummer so i think the hard part is you're not necessarily playing together on a stage but it still somehow works out when we all play together the sounds mesh the same as if we were on the stage so the logistics must be amazing. 
Yeah. Of just trying to record each one of you in your own home and then putting it together. Yeah, some of us are better than others at it. (laughs) (laughs) No name calling here, no pointing. (laughs) What are you up to now that you're re-entering the world with live performances? Well, we got the Harmony Show coming up, which we're really looking forward to. We had done a few shows at the Silk Mill, but this is our first time at the new venue. So we're really excited to get out there. It looks like an amazing place to, to play some music. And we've always had a great time in Holly. So. And then the next night, we're doing a show at Rockwood Music Hall in the city, which is kind of our home base on the Lower East Side. So we've got some shows coming up and we're starting to write some more and more to come. Now, do you choose different songs for those two very different venues? Probably so. We're still kind of nailing down the set list for those, but I'm sure even once you're on stage, you kind of feel the energy and adapt to that. So I'm sure it'll be definitely different shows. But the uh, Harmony in the Woods will be your first live concert then after COVID? Yeah. Great place for it. Yeah. It'd be like coming out of a cave, I bet. Harmony Presents has always been a, and I assume it's going to be very similar, but it's just a very warm and a lot, everybody listens to the music there, you know? It's not like the same Rockwood, you know, where... People don't listen? Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, people just want to, sometimes depends on the time of your set, they want to just dance. And at Harmony Presents, you know, people sit down in their chairs and they watch you. And they're like, all right, play us some music. <laughs> you know, versus Rockwood, where they're just like, play us some music! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have some plans for the future outside of doing live concerts, like another album perhaps, or some more new songs? Well, you know, we have recorded a lot of material over the years, and there's actually quite a large archive of songs that are in various stages of being mixed or mastered or worked on. I'm looking forward to getting back in there and polishing those off and putting them out into the world. There was one period of time where we owned a van and we were touring quite a bit. So I'm actually, I've got the itch maybe to to get back on the road and travel and go out west, Colorado, Kansas City, get back down to New Orleans again. That's what I hope we do. What do you guys think, Evan and Hudson? You're looking at Ryan thinking, really, you have that idea? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's the one with the kids, so that's why. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay, okay. Which is probably why he's like, let's get out on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Got it. So you kind of want to look at some of the things that you have done in the past and you haven't mastered the records yet or you haven't, you'd like to put some of those things together. Yeah, there's some gems in there that I think with a little bit more time could be a great addition to the songs that are out in the world. I've got some new ones for you guys, too. Sweet. That's right. Hudson's been writing. Somebody said the other day, I think the pandemic kind of allowed us to write. We didn't have all these distractions. So I think some artists created more and some didn't. But I think there will be some good art in the world in the next coming months. That's my prediction, at least. Mm-hmm. One last question. Who are the artists that you look up to the most? Evan? For me, Stevie Wonder, I just think what he created, he had a message. He has a message of love and unity and his music. It just transcends time. That's kind of my favorite. Hmm. Hudson? Well, Willie is my spirit guide. I'll always look up to him. John Prine was one of my favorites, and I was really uh, sad that we lost him last year. And then the blues has always been in my heart. Yeah, I love the old Lightning Hopkins, Buddy Guy, and B.B. King, and those records are some of my favorites. Ryan? Well, 
a pianist, Junior Mance, and saxophone player, Junior Walker. My son, speaking of my son, Ernest, he's two years old now, and he is obsessed with the Beatles, obsessed with the Beatles. So we've gone back and listened to a lot of their records. I was a fan, but I'm fastly becoming a deep, appreciative fan of the Beatles because for many reasons. So those would be my picks. Well, actually, in doing some research for this, I did, I think, catch a a session where Evan and Hudson, you did If I Fell in Love With... Didn't you do that, a Beatles song, If I Fell in Love With You? Yeah, yeah. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, very, very nice. Very nice. But the people that you mentioned, Junior Walker, Buddy Guy, Stevie Wonder, I can see them on a stage together. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) I think so, too. I guess you better tell Dan and Jeff, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for taking this time. So how can people connect with you? Well, there's uh, our Instagram, which is the Gold Magnolias, Instagram.com forward slash the Gold Magnolias or the You can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, title at the Gold Magnolias. Well, I'm glad you're looking forward to your performance at Harmony in the Woods. I know they're looking forward to having you there. It is a beautiful spot. And I wish you the best of luck in your concert. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Harmony Talk is presented by the Foundation for Harmony Presents. To learn more about our concert series, please visit harmonyinthewoods.org.